Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan with the Laundromat Resource Podcast. This is show 143, and I'm pumped you're here today because today we have on the show Brian Rowley, and this is an awesome show. We get into a lot of uh, very tangible, very specific uh, details on how he uh, found his businesses to buy, how he negotiated seller financing, uh, the takeover blueprint. There's so much good stuff in this one. Uh, I know you're going to love it. And we're going to jump into it in one second. The only thing I want to address before we jump into it is not address. I want to ask you for a favor is if you have enjoyed this podcast or any of the guests on here, I would love, love, love it. If you would go on whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, and leave a rating and review. That helps uh, That helps me out a lot. That helps the guests out a lot because they get to tell their story to more people. And uh, I think it helps the industry out a lot. So I'd appreciate that. Head over to whatever platform, Apple uh, Podcasts. Uh, I don't think you can on YouTube, but uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and uh, give us a rating and review. Really, really appreciate it. Um, all right, without further ado, let's jump into it with Brian Rowley. Brian, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, dude, super duper excited uh, to chat. Uh, right before we hit record, we were talking animals, birds and puppies and tortoises yes, sir. And, and everything. So uh, this is going to be this is going to be a fun one talking laundromats now. Sure. So absolutely looking forward to that. Uh, hey, well, why don't we start with who who are you? And where are you? And how did you get into laundromats? Sounds good. Uh, so yeah, my name is Brian. I'm originally from Michigan. Greater Rapids, Michigan, towards the Lake Shore. 44 years old. Graduated high school. Went right into uh, uh, the vending, uh, Pepsi Cola, Frito Lay type business there. And like I was telling you before, that's kind of where I I grew my salesmanship, so to speak. And uh, from there, I mean, it's always uh, with that type of business there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I left it because it's you're expendable. Once you start getting up in the ranks, it seems like, uh, you know, you're not uh, as loved as much, so to speak. Mm. Um, and I don't like that feeling. So basically what I started doing, I got back in the bike business and uh, motorcycles, Harleys, things like that, which was my first love. So with that came the same same thing, working for someone. You start getting up in the ranks, make more money. You're the easy one to cut to, you know, budget. So uh, I, I opened my own business, I opened an old motorcycle business and did that for quite a few years. And uh, it was great, but one month you're rich. The next month, you're struggling to see how you're going to make payroll because you're really at the mercy of um, the economy. So um, with that, I just uh, looked at other uh, avenues of, uh, you know, not just income, but uh, a career, you know, and uh, I started a small ATM business and uh, that led me right into the lottery business, finding out where I'm going to place these things, try to, what makes the most sense, make money. And uh, I ran into a, a gentleman that I've known for a long time that uh, had a local lottery map from uh, town just north of where I grew up and that's where it started you know and uh, the one thing he said to me and I tell everyone when they ask how I got into it and why is uh, this gentleman Bill he's owned a lot of successful businesses he is a hustler <laughs> so in anything and uh, uh, he told me because this is the best business I've ever had and it just boom I mean it's just it's stuck in my head um, from day one until now and forever and uh, I ran with it you know, and uh, that's kind of where we're at today. And now uh, I'm on my third laundry map, and uh, we're currently uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So nice. Was was Bill in Michigan, or is he in Tennessee? Where Bill was in Michigan. Yeah, okay. he was in Michigan, and uh, you know, he's owned basically 
you know, bars back in the 80s, your rock and roll, when it was really, you know, just the place to go and, you know, small groceries, party stores, things like that. And, and uh, yeah, for him to, for him to say that, I was like, wow, that, that, that meant a lot because he was the type that always had hot rods and you could tell he had money, lived on the lake, things like that. Just a great dude, but, uh, you know, can't thank him enough really to give me the opportunity to, you know, uh, where I'm at now. So. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into the sort of the laundromat side of things, can we talk about the yep. ATM thing for a second? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, just another kind of shoot from the hip. You know, I have all these ideas all the time and, uh, and I was at a buddy's house in Naples and he introduced me to a gentleman that had like 250 of them. So he was uh, the godfather of ATMs. Um, so yeah, told me a little bit about it and kind of set me up with food to go to and things like that for, you know, uh, payment processing and things like that. And, um, we started off with uh, a buddy of mine and I, um, I think with four of them and we went to golf courses, um, which we got in airball alleys, uh, laundry mats, uh, party stores, which that's kind of tough, you know, cause it's saturated, but yeah, that was a, is a good little business. And that's what you'd call, you hear passive all the time, right? Passive income. That's probably about as passive as you can possibly do with little to no uh, work at all. But, you know, when COVID hit, just like, you know, it did to any others, I mean, it just took a hit. I mean, it was like nothing. So uh, the next thing I did, I just said, you know, it's kind of not doing what I was hoping it was going to do in COVID this and that. So I sold them and, you know, I was, you know, I made a profit off them too. So I sold them at the right time, but uh, great business. But I think you just have to have, it's, it's quantity, not quality in that type of business from what I've experienced. How many did you end up having? Half dozen. Nice. So yeah, anything over that, it's like you're going to go in another couple grand, you know, for a machine and then you're putting money in it. And cause I did it all myself. You know, I didn't use like a Brinks or, you know, money service truck or anything like that. So why not? Yeah, they, they, they did, did all right. So good little business, something maybe in the future too. I'll look, I'll look back into it. Yeah. Well, I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of like ATM. Well, I mean, even in your case, right. ATMs or vending can be sort of a gateway drug to laundromats for. I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I get a lot of questions about, you know, ATM businesses cause you know, the, the, the price point is lower to buy an ATM, uh, than to buy a laundromat. Right. So it's, it's a little more accessible to more people. Um, but <laughs> Uh, but you know, you got, like you said, you got to have a lot of them to make, uh, you know, to, to make enough money to, I guess, retire, replace your income or anything like that. Yeah, so, correct. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I just figured there was, there was, uh, bigger opportunities out there. Yeah. So, and I used that money that I sold them, you know, to, uh, fund some of it. So, uh, use that money to make my money. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, all right. You know, you didn't come on planning this or anything. You got a you got a tip for anybody who's maybe thinking about getting getting into the ATM side of things. Yeah, um, obviously you can beat it all the time. Uh, location, 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 right? Um, but uh, it's bowling alleys were really good. Um, you know, um, movie theaters, things like that. Even with everything going with you know, uh, you know, online pay or credit cards, this and that. There's still you know um, money to be made in that. Um, a lot of your bars, DFWs, Eagles clubs, you know, American Legions, things like that. Um, so there's, there's definitely some, uh, good areas out there. Think outside the box. Don't think just party stores or things like that. Um, and I think that's probably the best advice I can get to be successful. It's just somewhere else besides the, the norm. 
So nice, love it, love it. Get creative and uh, you know find those spots where you need need to get yeah. the cash. Love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get back to real stuff here. Uh, sure. How how did how did you find and then buy that first laundromat? Well, I I followed it from uh, installing an ATM there, and I spoke with Bill and. You know, uh, after going in and filling my machine, you know, a couple times a week, the ATM machine that is, um, we'd shoot shit all time. And uh, I said, you know, Bill, I go, if you ever uh, want to sell this, why don't you let me know? I'd, I'd like to look into it. He's like, yeah, all right, Brian, you know. So, um, so yeah, the guy uh, I was in the ATM business with for a little bit, I mentioned to him, and he's a he's a pilot for American Airlines. And, uh, you know, he's, he's busy, but, yeah, he's he's got time off regardless of what he says. But uh, I asked him about. I go, what do you think about this? And fortunately, he's like, nah, I don't, th- I don't see it happening. You know, I was like, okay. So I kind of reached out, and I'm like, I-, I want it, but where am I going to get these funds from? Um, so I went to my, you know, grandma. I didn't have anything. I had my bike shop that I sold, but I sold on a land contract, so I was getting a little bit of money in this, that, and the other. You know, I like to buy motorcycles and things like that, so it's not like I have a big fat pocketbook to, you know, buy a laundromat. So fortunately, I went to my grandma. I've borrowed money from her before business-wise and paid her off. So she, she knew I was good for it. And yeah, man, I mean, I borrowed a good chunk of money. I mean, for me, I borrowed, you know, almost $70,000 from her and uh, just to get this going. And, uh, you know, with Bill, you know, he, he got creative with it because uh, the bank would only give me a certain amount of money because I didn't own a house at the time. And they want to put their, you know, they want to put their claws in, you know, a second mortgage and all that. Right. And uh, so, he did some creative financing and uh, we got it done and uh, it was pretty smooth and, um, you know, uh, I'm fortunate for that for sure. But uh, that's the same one I put the ATM in and that was a local, uh, you know, a town just north of where I grew up. So I knew the area very well. So Nice. Okay. That was in Michigan? That was in Michigan, yes. Yep. That was in Greenville, Michigan. Do you still own the one in Michigan? No, actually, oh, okay. I, I, I sold it to uh, a relative, uh, my cousin and his wife bought it and they're up and running it today and sending me videos of how the le- roof's leaking from all the snow they got. And so <laughs> yeah, I bet you're glad to not be in Michigan right about now. Huh? Oh man. Yeah. You know, they got pounded the last couple of days with some yeah. snow. So I, I feel for them uh, shoveling snow off those flat roofs of uh, your typical lottery mat, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. That's right. Well, I just, you know, a buddy of mine, his, his pipes froze. Uh, Don't even get me out of that. So. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. Like, I did that last night. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you not to get down off subject real quick, but uh, yeah. So I went from my north location, my south location, and I get a call from a um, guy that helps me out. He said, "Hey, buddy." He goes, uh, "Lady call says uh, your ceiling's uh, raining." I go, "You gotta be kidding me!" I go out there. I had a pipe crack, and again, we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We did not figure it's gonna be this cold when we move down here. Yeah. Uh, we have a little cold spell, and it was like. 10 degrees and uh pipe snapped um water i mean it was like it was here in a waterfall so i was up doing that all yesterday last night five this morning so yeah yeah you, you have california you don't have that i mean we had that in michigan but you think i would know but it just it i, mean, I think it got that cold on here so yeah, if you don't expect it whoa oh man shoot me yeah thanks for thanks for being here still yeah I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> now i feel bad <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's part of it. That's, I yeah. mean, that's people ask about the Lonnie street. That's day. There's a, uh, there's some ugliness to it for yeah. sure. Did you get the pipe taken care of? 
Everything good? We did last night, and uh, so we're working on getting the heat fixed now. So that went out on me also. So, you know, I mean, in this industry, I mean, it just all at once comes down on your shoulders, literally, you know. Huh? It literally, <laughs> it rains, yeah. It pours, yeah. literally. <laughs> it, it did, it did, it yeah. did. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Well, I'm glad you got it situated. Hopefully the heat gets yes. gets taken care of here soon so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, going back to that first deal uh, real quick. So, you know, I do, I do a webinar almost every week uh, yeah. where I, I help people learn how to buy the first laundromat stuff. And, you know, the, the question comes up a lot of times of how do you, how do you finance these things? And um, I run through some examples, but you hit a couple of them uh, just with this one deal. Right. And so just, you know, curious to ask you a little bit of, you know, cause I get asked this all the time. So I know people are wondering number one, uh, some people are hesitant to borrow money from family. Uh, do you, what are your, what are your, I mean, obviously you, you've done it multiple times now and you know, you've been able to pay that back. Do you, do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, or, um, or any experience to share on, yeah. you know, how that's worked for you? Uh, because I think a lot of people are, are hesitant to do that because they don't understand it or they just don't want to risk like a relationship if things go bad or something like that. Absolutely. Um, I think that's the biggest key right there is that, uh, you know, what if it doesn't go the way you want? You know, um, you, you just, you now you owe all this money or you can't pay the money back to a family relative or, you know, whoever it is like myself. Um, so that definitely crossed my mind. Uh, you know, so I think with the, I hear it a lot on uh, your podcast and I'm glad you touched base on it, but like the financing part of it is like, yeah, if you need to borrow money, come prepared to borrow that money, you know, make sure you're educated um, so you, you can sell the you know, the reason be, reason why you need the money. And that's the biggest thing, you know, I mean, um, I would expect the same if I'm lending money, but, um, yeah, once you do that, you know, obviously laundry mats, um, they're a cash business. Uh, there's one, two, three, five, six different books, so to speak. Um, so when it comes to banking, I've never had an issue and this is what I've done. I've always gone through the bank that the current owner is using. They see the deposits. They see the, you know what's going through in and out of that account. So I've never had an issue. I've spoke to them about it, and uh, you know obviously the ones I have too though are have all been real estate owned. So that obviously helps out a lot. But um, that would be my first recommendation for someone that's coming into it is who are they banking through currently? You know, um, and you can kind of get a better idea of what's going through it money wise, but. Um, you have a better, you know, chance of uh, getting that approval and, and moving forward. So that's a great tip. Yeah, that's so, a great. Looked great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other one that comes up quite often is that sort of seller financing. Yeah. Kind of creative financing option, which you know you were Absolutely. able to kind of figure out. How did how did you breach the topic with with the seller or did it come up naturally or, or how did that look? Cause people are always like, well, how do I know if the seller's willing to do it or not? So how did you yeah. navigate that conversation? Well, sure. Um, again, you know, the gentleman I bought from Bill, I mean, he's just a hustler. He's a money guy, uh, numbers guy. So he brought it up and I was kind of like, whoa, wait, what, what's this? I wasn't really versed and educated on what uh, that really meant at the time. Um, so yeah, he came up with something basically, you know, I guess the rule of thumb in it that I've learned is, you know, a point ahead or a point more than what going rate is for like a business loan, bank loan or whatnot. And that's what we did. 
back then, uh, I think I did 6% with them over a five-year term. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it worked out great. You know, and that's the thing too is, you know, as a seller, I'm doing it currently at the one I sold the five-year term. And uh, as sellers, we like that, you know, because we're making more money off whatever we're, you know, spotting you, so to speak. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, I think a lot of people that, you know, you run into that are going to sell a business, you know, lottery mat, obviously, um, they'll do that. Um, how do you bring it up? Um, I think you get to that point when you uh, exhaust all your resources as in like full finance and things like that. Maybe that's kind of your last step. And uh, if we are by line, learn about it. Educate yourself. I mean, that's, you know, pretty much what you need to do with it. So yeah, it can happen. No, I love that. I love that. And there and there are perks for the owners, right? Like you're, you're making a little yeah. on, you know, a little bit more than you're selling it for because you're making that interest. You're also yep. spreading out your your tax burden, you know, because you're not sure. realizing yep. all the capital gains in one year. Um, so I can lower those taxes. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely perks for make, the seller. Make that um, And, you know, get educated yep. on when it makes sense to do seller financing or creative financing and when it doesn't make sense and what kind of terms Correct. make sense and what the benefits are for everybody and what the risks are for everybody too. Um, yeah, yep. Be a good, uh, good place to start. Um, awesome. Okay. So you bought this laundromat in Michigan. Uh, how did it go when you took it over? Um, yeah, so I went in just running. I mean, it's kind of, I'm a hundred mile an hour guy to begin with. So go, go, go. Um, I had a plan going in though. The reason that this laundromat really you know, got my attention was is Bill was getting ready to retire. Um, he didn't do any marketing. Um, he walked in, it was like your 1980s, smaller map, white walls, ugly ass chairs, things like that, you know? So I saw a lot of opportunity with that um, to build it, but that's exactly what I did when we first, when I first went in, it was, uh, you know, have uh, brand ourselves, our, our new logo on the windows, things like that, and painting, just little, little things, really. I mean, nothing out of pocket that was like, you know, very expensive, but this made a huge change to it. And, uh, from appearance, part of it presentation and, um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it worked great till things start breaking. Then you start knowing the business or you start learning the business, I should say. So it, do you feel like it? Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded ominous. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah you're right. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you feel like when you, you came in and Start, started making those tweaks, a little bit of branding, paint, whatever, new chairs, whatever. Do you feel like that that made a difference to the bottom line or do you feel like it brought in more customers or do you feel like it just made the more solidified the customer base you had or do you feel like the investment in that? I, I think a lot of people were wondering like, is it worth investing in my laundromat in that way? If this guy was making money with his 1980s you know, laundromat What's right. the point of, you know, putting more money into it at that point? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it helps sell everything. Bottom line, customer, um, you know, the marketing obviously is like, people are like, oh, there's a laundromat there. Like this thing's been here since 1972. Yeah. that's. <laughs> so we did get new customers, but yeah, that eye appeal, curb appeal, presentation of it, just that welcoming feel. Absolutely. That's, you know, again, it's very limited money that I was investing into it from what I was getting in return. Um, so a hundred percent, if your lottery mat doesn't have the presentation, um, you know, a great looking presentation, 
they're, they're, you know, you're going to sit idle. They're going to be just making that 1980s money. I mean, if you, if you want to grow and this is the type of salon industry, it's like, it's bringing new people on that, like yourself and myself that they don't just sit there and open the door and let it uh, do its thing. I mean, we're always pushing to see, you know, uh, get, get better and, uh, yeah, put some money into it. And again, it's, that's very, you know, minimal, limited money I, I put in it to make a big, big splash and impact. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, I think more and more people are realizing the, the ROI on that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think where the, the big question mark for most people is more in, do I buy new machines or not? But, you know, but you know, even, yeah. I, I think it's relatively new. I mean, so many laundromats, you go into them and they still look like they're in the seventies, the eighties, you know, even the nineties. Yeah. And you're like, geez, it wouldn't take that much to make this feel a little more welcoming, no. bring it up to date a little bit, make it, you know, change the entire feel. Um, so there's more yep. and more people doing that, but there's still so many laundromats that don't even put that much effort in. So, yeah. Well, and like they say, you know, a little pain goes a long way, right? Yeah. And they couldn't be, you know, more true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But things started breaking. What, <laughs> what, like machines breaking down? T talk to me about what that was like. Yeah. So they were, the equipment I had there were, uh, majority of them were older, um, 15, 16 years. Um, so yeah, you'd have little things that go wrong, you know, uh, you know, your, uh, igniter box would go wrong on your dryer, which is very common, super easy to fix though. Um, but that it's just little things like that. Nothing major, like, oh, you have old equipment, time to junk it. There wasn't one machine I've actually, I, you know, you know, uh, retire. Um, but it's just a little bit more maintenance on there, but, uh, it's, it takes a while to kind of. Uh, know what you're doing and I've always said too is uh you know if you're gonna get in this industry make sure you're handy man is if you can't fix things like that you're not gonna be a business so new equipment old equipment quarter jam you got to call someone because the quarter's jam and go to trouble with that well gets pricey fast so yeah so how did you how did you learn to to do those things well, a lot of them broke, so I had plenty of opportunity. <laughs> just getting in um, there and figuring it out. You just just getting in there, and like I said, I mean, you you know, I had what thirty nine dryers there, and you know, and so one broke, but the other one's working. Kind of you know, funnel down, you know, see what the issue was. So that's definitely a big thing right there is um, having equipment that uh, is uh, the same, same brand, same model, things like that. So if something does break down, you look to the right or left, and and kind of diagnose why that one's working, why this one isn't. So it's not that hard, but it's something definitely you kind of got to really, you know, let the new meet people that are coming into the industry know about. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I did a lot of like early on, at least I did a lot of like part swapping and being like, okay, if I swap these two parts now, is this one going to work and this one not going to work? Yeah. Oh, same no, here. this one still doesn't work and this one does work. So it wasn't that part. So, you know, I did a whole lot of yep. that stuff too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome. Okay. So, so you bought this one in Michigan and, you know, put some lipstick on the pig a little bit, got yep. machines, uh, got machines going and stuff. Um, I mean, how was it doing business wise? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and honestly, you know, I have to thank COVID. Um, so once that happened, you know, we had that those stimulus checks and things like that. 
people were trying our uh, our drop off, and uh, we also had pickup and delivery, but uh, that just went up seventy percent. I mean, just skyrocketed. Ooh. So, uh, my employees, I had a full staff. Um, they basically they were busy from open till close with drop off. Um, so yeah, we we definitely I won't say we doubled what the uh, previous owner was doing, but pretty damn close. And uh, it was just a well-oiled machine too. So it worked uh, worked well. So and they continue to do it now too. I mean, he's he's kicking butt up there. The uh, the new owner and uh, um, doing well. So did did you uh, did you implement that or was that the pickup and delivery and the drop off was that yes. already there when when you bought the drop off was yep the drop off was there okay. um, and uh, I I introduced the uh, pickup and delivery and uh, I also you know again thinking outside the box not just residential pickup and delivery I wanted a foundation for that so I went to my you know local high schools and things like that and uh, we started uh, doing all the football uniforms every Friday night they'd have a game I pick up Saturday. So we did five different schools there, a lot of Airbnbs. Uh-huh. Friend of mine owns a big campground uh, uh, close to the laundromat there. That's uh, you know we did all their their bedding and things like that. So um, yeah, just little pieces. You get, you know to add on is is big because again we deal with quarters. You know you start getting a couple hundred dollars a week. I mean that's that's a lot of customers. So in one pickup, yeah, a lot of quarters, a lot of yeah, a lot of quarters. Yeah. yeah. No, and I love that. I mean, I love that you said, you know, essentially building that foundation for the pickup delivery and looking kind of for those smaller commercial clients as opposed to, not as opposed to, uh, but I guess in addition to residential, uh, but you know, the, the benefit of going that route is that you can get a little more volume and you can, a lot of times you can get a lot of more, a little more regularity. Like every Saturday we're picking up uniforms yep. or, you know, it kind of gets you into that rhythm and, and builds that base for you to be able to expand off of. So I like that um, and getting outside the box. Um, yeah. So how long did you, was that the only laundromat you owned in Michigan? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then how long did you own that one? Four years almost. Um, uh, the plan was five years and then sell, relocate, purchase other ones. But, you know, we started getting cold calls of, hey, are you, you looking at selling? I'm like, no, not yet. This couple, you know, um, Started talking, started going. I'm like, well, here we go. Never was up for sale. And someone else approached me about it. And then my cousin that currently owns it comes to me, he's like, I'm buying it. <laughs> I don't even have this thing for sale, guys. You know, we're, but, you know, okay. If, I always say if there's a buyer, I'm a seller. So, um, you know, it worked out. So, yeah, about four years. So Nice. And did you did you sell and then relocate immediately or? Yeah, and that was the thing is I wasn't selling um, until I found a lottery mat that was equivalent to the money and the area I wanted to be in self. We just want to, you know, we want to get out of Michigan, the cold weather, things like that, meet different people, you know, and, yeah. and that's the big reason for it. And, uh, we finally found two just south of, uh, the Tennessee border here, Chattanooga. Um, they're actually in Georgia, right at the, uh, state line. But, um, so yeah, I, I, that was the thing, not doing it till I find something. And we traveled a little bit and found these two, uh, work for sale as a referral and referral. And, and, uh, we had to close on them, um, November of, uh, 22. So, okay. Well, okay. So hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a wild story, man. So, so how did you, I mean, referral and referral, but like where, how were you, what was your process like of, 
yeah, looking yeah. for these laundromats and then how did that process lead you to it was it the same owner that owned the two two different owners uh, yes oh, same. yes it is yeah. so yeah. so what was it what was what were you doing to be searching were you searching in chattanooga area or just yeah tennessee tennessee okay. uh we basically want to be like mountainous area so we love love the mountain bike uh hike things like that we also love the water we're boaters so this just kind of fit the bill and uh yeah i mean i was on buy biz sell website i was all over facebook you know asking questions and and uh a gentleman uh, uh tagged another guy there and he had one uh just northeast of uh tennis or uh, i'm sorry chattanooga and so went down and took a look at it and it's just it, it was small one did fit the bill and you know and he's like well i i built one for this gentleman over in uh you know chattanooga area and he might want to sell him you know i said okay and Gave me his number, and I, I, I met the uh, the uh, new or the guy that owned the ones I bought, and Jerry, and uh, just kind of went back and forth. And you know how it is trying to buy one. It's you know it's numbers there, numbers there, you know. And uh, um, yeah, pulled the trigger. He had three of them, but two of them only had uh, or two had the real estate. The one did not. I didn't want to get into that. Um, I wanted to have my hands in the you know on uh, you know the real estate itself. You know, so um, so yeah, we closed on that and. We're nice. going at it today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you were just kind of casting that wide net and looking online yep. and getting getting into the Facebook. Did you did you meet the guy for the one you didn't end up buying who ended up referring you? Well, not the seller, but the other guy who ended up referring you to the ones you did buy. Did you meet him on on Facebook or on one of the business? Yeah. Sites or? Well, yeah. So uh, we ended up coming down here to take a look at that, met the owner, and then he referred me to the guy I bought the two from that I currently own. The owner owned. of the one that you didn't buy referred to you. Correct. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it was smaller, and he's uh, he's a real interesting guy, but uh, um, he's built and owned a lot of them. And I never knew that, but um, he also is a big, you know, in the duck, owns a ton of Dollar Generals, things like that, so... He, he knows a lot of people. So yeah. I, I met the right guy at the right time. Yeah, man. I guess. Sounds like a good guy so, to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so you, you talked to Jerry and yep. ended up buying uh, a couple of these laundromats. Just out of curiosity, like logistically speaking, what was like, can you walk us just through the timing of relocating and taking over? And how was that? I mean, that just seems like, a lot to coordinate and you're getting started with new businesses right when you're relocating and you've got birds you know so uh yeah just kind of curious how that worked out and it, it uh smooth and tough at the same uh same time um you know i was fortunate uh when i purchased these from jerry i purchased them in november of 2020 uh 2022 um he has this gentleman, Tim, that's uh, helped him off for like eight or nine years there. Him and his wife take care of him, clean up, because they're unattended. So we made a deal. Well, I'll pay Tim a little bit more money, and you take care of him until we're able to relocate down here. Because at that time, we were building a new house in Michigan, too. So, yeah, we'll put that on our plate. Uh, <laughs> so Tim took care of him uh, while we were for pretty much six, seven months until we got down here. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was tough, but... I always, you know, that's me. I always put that on my shoulders and that's just kind of how I operate. But, um, it was a big move. The wife, she's, uh, in administration. Um, she's a vice principal. So it took her out of a great position there down here. You know, she had some faith in me. Uh, um, so 
but big move. It is a big move. Yeah. It definitely is. But uh, it's exciting, you know. So that's kind of it, it was. It was fun, and uh, now we look back on and go, "Well, we did it." Yeah, <laughs> few, few obstacles, but uh, totally unrelated to laundromats. But why were you building a house in Michigan if you were thinking about relocating? Well, I started doing that before we sold the, uh, the business up there. But uh, my plan when I bought that property uh, from a friend of ours is that it was an investment property um, or an Airbnb, VRBO it, because um, there's a lot of great little amenities around there. There's a uh, big road course racetrack for cars that General Motors and Ford uses there all the time. And then we have a big lake that's there. So um, great location, and that's you know, um, that's, that's what I was looking for. So that was in the plan. You know, everyone thought I was crazy, but it just kind of all worked out the way, uh, you know, I planned. So luckily. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't always, but that's good. It doesn't always. Yeah. No. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and you know, I, sort of my philosophy is if people don't think you're a little crazy, then you're, you're probably not, you're not going big enough. So I yeah. like that. Ballsy. I, you know, I mean, it's I like, building the house while relocating and buying two new businesses and pulling your wife out of her job. And yeah, I know, right. With birds. So (laughs) got to keep the birds in the the loop here. Uh, Okay. So you six, seven months or so, and then you moved down to Chattanooga and you took over sort of operations or is Tim still helping you? How, what did that look Mm -hmm. like at that point? Yeah. So uh, he's still with me to this day. You know, fortunately uh, he's a rock star. I call him a vampire. He goes to bed at like two and wakes up at five. So if someone's calling, he's on it, you know, I like to sleep in. But um, yeah, so when I got down here, just uh, we we came down a few times, you know, meet with Tim and his wife and, uh, you know, go out to eat or whatnot, check on the laundromats and things like that. But it was a smooth transition. Um, You know, um, I just went in there for the first month. It was really just kind of like a deep clean and, you know, sanitizing and get some things up and running. And then I took right off, man. They, you know, uh, the gate dropped and it was time to do some painting and, and just updating because this, uh, in the South here, they like their little trinket like signs, you know, your cool little Hobby Lobby looking signs. And I had 268 of those things with four screws in the wall through both of them. (laughs) So, uh, um, just that old school, you know, kind of laundry mat you think walking into like, wow. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. She started an Etsy shop. Uh, oh, I mean, oh, sold those signs off, you know. I got a ton of them still. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to sell them, get rid of them. And it's I don't just see any in the background back there. What's up with that? No, you man, have in the garage. Hang it up in your house. Come on. Gosh, I'd like to <laughs> get out. I sold a few to friends and stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, um, just like I said, the one is uh, the north one is completely just remodeled and just looks great, you know, and just colors and stuff like that. Machines are up and going. I mean. You know, just new TVs and Wi-Fi. Just there's entertainment there, new games. Um, you know, and uh, that's another part of it too. Is just, you know, is having that presentation of multiple things to do while they're in there. You know, so. Yeah. So, did you? Uh, I, I mean, did you? Did you kind of follow the same blueprint as the first one, where you you came? I mean, obviously you came in and sanitized and cleaned and all that stuff. Did you? You know, did you throw all new paint on and? You know, what What all did you do to these things uh, after you took yeah. them over? Yeah, so uh, exactly what you said, uh, you know, same blueprint, went in, painted, new lighting. Um, we did the exterior and interior. 
and then uh, just basically start branding it, putting our logos on the you know the walls, and you know putting some nice wash dry fold signage and things like that. Um, put a new sign out front by the road, some new landscaping, nothing crazy. Uh, I have a local uh, uh, handyman, I like to call him, that uh, does all of it. And uh, but um, yeah, it's just TVs, things like that. You know, I mean, next to nothing really. And you look at it, it's just like this is crazy. That was that place. I mean, just. You know, I, I, I'm proud of what uh, the, the North Store looks like. It's just, it's very nice looking. And yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's uh, it's uh, amazing how, you know, you can take that blueprint that worked for you in Michigan and transplant it to these, you know, locations that are in Georgia. Uh, I don't know how far away that is, but hundreds at least of miles away. 800. 800. Long ways. Yeah, I was gonna say thousands. I'm like, it's not thousands. Yeah, it's close but, enough. Yeah, it's maybe a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, but and and have it kind of still, you know, be an effective method. Uh, I mean, did you did you find that the response to that was uh, similar to the first one? Do you feel like the customer response was? I mean, obviously, it was probably positive. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's uh, with unattended Matt to the problem they were having down here, like so many others is that you get some, you know, people in there that you don't want in there sleeping or doing this, that, and the other. So, uh, you know, once you start kind of moving that out and you, you, uh, do some remodeling and updating to it, uh, people definitely see that they appreciate that. Um, they're, they're willing to, you know, spend a little bit more money, not saying you have to raise prices or anything like that. I'm not a huge price raiser, uh, you know, I'm I want to say believer. I just, you know, I'd like to get more customers before raising prices. I think there's more opportunity, but anyhow, um, yes, great, great responses from Facebooks, things like that. But you also had us, you know, customers are like, where's that sign at? Where's the sign? Why'd you take them down? It's like, so they're. Should have given it to them. So they had that deal. Years now. It's like, I can't win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can't win this, but, uh, um, but all in all, absolutely. I mean, you know, if I were to be outside looking in, looking at purchasing one, I would pay more for this now the way it looks and what I would have or what I did before, you know, hands down. So I keep saying presentation. That's my first foremost, most important thing in business is just make it look good. Take pride in it. You know, and if you, if you do, they'll see it and they do go. Yeah. I like that. Um, I had a question. I, I forgot it, but, uh, so, so that, is your North store. What about the other one? Did you do kind of a similar thing? I mean, you're, you seem like very excited about this North star, uh, store. Yeah, but, man. It's yeah. I haven't heard anything about the other one. Is that like the redhead yeah. stepchild over there or what's going on with that one? It always was. Yeah. For the uh, previous owner, he was just tickled pink just to get rid of the damn thing. Um, I like, you know, it's kind of my baby because it, it took a little bit more work, but we are in the uh, process right now of doing the same as we did with the North store. Um, so we just did the floors painted and all that. And just, again, what a huge difference, you know, and, uh, uh, but it's a little, it's a rougher neighborhood. Um, so you're not getting, you know, the most like you, the compliments like you would at the North store, you know, it's just, uh, they really don't care. Yeah. Some do, but, uh, I care. And I think it, uh, you know, we offer more and, uh, and it, it's turned out great, you know, so just, just more to do. It's a process, you know, next step is the exterior. Because um, this one is actually in a, a strip mall, but I own the real estate at the end, which laundromat's at the end. So uh, I'm trying to get with the folks 
next door kind of do a uniformed color you know for right now it's like a blue and yellow it stands out like an eyesore yeah so that's great though i love it the blue and yellow uh-huh. <laughs> maybe you can only move. only for the wolverines that's good that's a- <laughs> i'm a blue and yellow but not out of building yeah <laughs> all right wolverines guy i hear you yes sir uh well in i mean it, to, to your point uh you know one of the things i wanted to say about the other one that you mentioned at this one too is you know, I made this mistake and I've seen other people make this mistake too, where you spend a lot of time, money, effort, you know, love, blood, sweat, tears on redoing the inside of the store and you do nothing to the outside. So anybody driving, but the only people who enjoy the inside are the people who already come there anyways. Right. And they don't know right. that you've done anything unless you do something to the outside, whether that's some landscaping or a new sign or something to indicate, Hey, We've got something new going on over here. So I like that you did that. And I like that that's part of the blueprint. Yes. Um, too. Uh, when, when, what's the timeline on, when did you take over these two stores? June. In June. June of the last quarter 23. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. And how, how were, were those? So you, when you went through the due diligence, actually, hold on before that, uh, you mentioned something that, and you also mentioned this, that a lot of us deal with this and that's people trying to sleep there that we don't want there, just hanging out there that we don't want to hang out there. And you, you kind of said, Hey, you know, once you get them out, you know, things pick up, people appreciate it. But I feel like that is, that's hard to do. That's tricky to figure that out. How did you, or, or how are you going about the process of making it comfortable for the people we want there and uncomfortable for the people we don't want there, which is a goal, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is tricky. Um, it's, uh, you gotta be, uh, you know, consistent with it, you know, um, first thing is be there, um, you know, make an appearance, you know, I'm there every day, I'm in and out, you know, and, uh, they see that and, uh, and you know, you have to be tough. You gotta be tough. You know, I mean, everyone's got a heart, you know, you get it, it's get told this and that, but you know, it, you can't, can't be around. I mean, post the signs, things like that. They don't care. They don't read it, but, um, yeah, just being there and, uh, and, you know, just keeping on it and you'll drive them away, you know, definitely, you know, it's just, and that's one thing there that we've gotten the, the best, most responses out of is that, you know, Hey, thank you. This place used to be, man, we, we would come after night, you know, type of thing. Right. And now it's just the, the customers are, they feel safe and things like that. And, uh, you know, just keeping on. And the other thing is too, is I updated the camera systems where I can speak through so if I see someone, you know, and it's not doing laundry and hanging out, you know, I don't have to go down there. I can say something and out the door they go. So, yeah, well, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge win for, for those of us who have that system now, especially with unattended yeah. laundromats. For sure. Uh, that's a, that's a big win to be able to communicate remotely like that. Yep. Uh, for sure. Uh, okay. So I was going to say, uh, before I backtracked again, but going back to, you know, you did your due diligence and all that stuff, numbers, um, when you, when you purchased it, took it over, did those numbers sort of flesh out the way that you thought, uh, any surprises in there, or you felt like you, you nailed it down pretty well? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, the numbers and things like that uh, played out like the previous owner said. Um, so I'm fortunate for that. Um, that's one thing when you're going to purchase one is that's the biggest question, right? Like, oh man, is this numbers right? Is it? But I've I've had good luck with that. So 
yeah, that was good. Um, going forward, yes, our numbers have definitely gotten better, and and it's due to having a very clean, you know, uh, laundromat. Uh, the establishment is just that's huge, you know, and seeing us, seeing people in there, you know, myself or Tim or whatnot, and uh, you know, so it's gone. Yeah, money's definitely uh, we're we're you know trending in the right direction for sure, and then we're adding certain pieces with pickup and delivery and things like that. So. A uh, lot of opportunity for sure. So yeah. it's exciting. That's awesome. Is is Tim clean in the place? Are you clean in the place? How yeah. Tim. Yeah, yeah. I do I do all the maintenance and cleaning and things like that, marketing. Um, he goes in like if there's an emergency, because uh, he's more local. I mean, I'm I'm not far. I'm 15 minutes from one and 15 minutes from the other, so about 30 minutes most. But um, he goes in at night, does a night shift. Him and his wife, and they go and clean and. You know, um, you know, shoot the shit with the customers and things like that, and, and uh, yeah, so it's a good little team that we have. Fortunate for that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you know, you mentioned you are uh, only you only wanted to buy the the two of the three that had the real estate. And one yeah. question I get asked a lot is, you know, is it, you know, do I have to buy it with the real estate? Or should I buy it with the real estate or is it okay to buy and rent? And you know, there's no hundred percent right way to do that. Right. But I was just curious yeah. for your, your reasoning on why were you looking for locations only with real estate? Well, I think that helps out with the financing part of it too. And it's a tangible item. I mean, there's, there's always value there to me. Um, and I think maybe the most important is, uh, I can, say what I, I'm going to come and go, you know, leasing wise, what if they sell? I mean, and again, I'm not real versed in the leasing. So maybe I'm, you know, backwards on it, but, um, you know, I won't want, uh, the strip mall or whatnot to sell and the new owners like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to renew your lease. I saw that happen at a local laundry map back in Michigan. They were there 18 years. New order came in and says, no, we don't want to uh, renew your lease, which I think is the dumbest thing in the world. Um, you know, I mean, it's almost guaranteed money, you know, as a landlord, but yeah. so, yeah, I think that's part of it right there to be honest with you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely that control, uh, factor is, is there with yeah. the real estate and you have more control, uh, you know, over the real estate obviously, but also more control over the business and how that operates and what you do with it. And, and you also get some flexibility, um, with, how you set things up, you know, if you decide, you know, I'm not using as much space as I thought I would need, you know, you can separate it off or, you know, there's different things that you can do. Um, or if you don't want yeah. a laundromat anymore, or you don't want to sell it or whatever, you could turn it into something else and still have that asset. Um, I agree for sure. So, uh, but also, you know, I'll just throw out, you know, because I talked to a lot of different people and not everybody can buy the real estate and, and in some markets it's cost prohibitive to buy the, the real estate. You know, the yeah. way that I look at it is that laundromats are a, a cash flow business. And, you know, if you own the real estate, I think that's great. And it can be a huge wealth accelerator. But if you have to lease the space too, as long as you're getting the cash flow that you're you're looking for, uh, right? There's nothing wrong with leasing, right? So right. I just wanted to point that out. I don't want I don't want anybody to think that if I can't get the real estate. No, now. absolutely. Um, some people do yep. feel like that, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And especially if you have that opportunity in your markets. That's great. Um, but yep. not everybody has that opportunity and, and laundromats can be powerful sure. tools without the real estate. I just want to say that. Too. Correct. Um, awesome. Do you, do you have any, uh, and feel free to not share this if you 
don't want to or don't know. Uh, but do you know about like, did you buy your and it's difficult because you have the real estate, too. But did you buy the businesses based on a, a multiple? Yeah. Yep. Do you know um, like what range ish that multiple was? for the businesses? Uh, yeah, that was a three and a half. OK. Um, so, yeah, that and plus real estate, um, you know, um, I think we did pre we did all right yeah. on it. Oh, I uh, think so. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like I said, the numbers were there to support that, and uh, you know, obviously factoring the real estate on top of that, it's like okay. So, but. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here in LA market, I mean, we're seeing a lot of five, five and a half plus, no real estate uh, multiples. So, man, three yeah, and a half. yeah, take that all the time. Um, awesome. Yeah, which okay. I won't get any more though. <laughs> What's that? I said that's tough to come by right now. Oh, I know. Like, you're sick. like even anywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. So no, as a seller, we want, you know, the, 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 the five to six, you know, that'd be great. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll sell my stuff at a six multiple. No problem. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, that's great. Um, okay. So, uh, so you've bought these, uh, two laundromats and that's where you're sitting right now with, uh, with those two. Correct. Yes. What's the, what's the plan? Uh, do you plan on getting more? Do you plan on, you know, these two being, your main kind of thing is this well first of all before you talk about the plan is this your main thing or are you are you doing anything else do you have any other businesses or job or anything or is this your no this is it okay yep this is it so so with that i mean what's the plan i mean do you have aspirations to have more you want to go back into the bike business do you are you just you're cool with the, the couple you got what what's the plan do you know yeah, so definitely more in the future, but uh, my plan is the same as I did uh, at Michigan, have that, you know, three to five year plan, um, come down with these two here, you know, make them look nice, grow the business and turn and sell them. And uh, obviously take the funds from that to purchase, you know, just, just keep stepping up towards, you know, a uh, big, beautiful, you know, laundromat, I guess, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just the plan there is uh, to, you know, uh, get them going and successful and find something else, but stay in the industry. I mean, laundry for life now. So it's, uh, yeah. Got the bug. Got the bug. You got the bug. bug. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. I'm put on my calendar in about four, four and a half years or so. I'm going to reach out and try to buy those suckers from you. I don't know. Florida sounded pretty good right now. So reach out to me about a year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I got to catch you in the winter time where you're like, Oh, you do. Yeah. My pipe froze and I was there all night and, yeah, you done with this thing. That's what I need. To yeah, you. I'm like, all right, I'll give you a four and a half multiple. How about that? <laughs> like, Take it off my hands. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, cool. Well, we've got a segment of the podcast which we've already done a lot of actually here, but uh, down to business, and that's where oh. we just kind of run through some of the details of your business. Well, again, we've already talked about a lot of them. Um, but uh, one one thing we haven't talked about yet is what what's it what's it cost? What what are you vending? uh your your washes and dries at right now out there in in georgia yeah i we're actually probably on the lower side uh from some of the competitors um but uh the one north store is the only one in town and then the south store there's two of them but uh yeah i mean for a six loader we're seven and a quarter and we're six minutes for quarter under dryers um and then obviously i you know sell soaps and all that uh your little box soaps uh, for like a dollar twenty-five, and then your liquid ones in the vending machines for two fifty. So, um, yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, we're we're a little on the lower side, but it's working. 
Yeah, well, gives me opportunity. Yeah, and it depends on your it depends on your market. So I mean, that's why I am always yeah. intrigued. I ask the question mostly just for me because I'm curious, like Ooh, what it costs it. Uh, to do. I've I've been surprised that some markets are just you know, in some of those Midwest markets, I'm like, dude, you're like fourteen dollars or something for for these machines, and and then you get to like New York or L.A. and the same machines like six bucks, and you're like, dude, this is insane. It's crazy. So it's always interesting yeah. to me to see what people are charging for. For different things in different places yeah <laughs> um, and that's actually kind of one of the one of the shocking things was was i would have assumed originally the opposite right like it would be more expensive to do the wash in like new york or la or something like that but you know what i found is it just competition is so high in those markets that it drives prices down oh really okay yeah all it's right interesting that um, is yeah yeah and it's tougher to tougher to raise them um yeah. do you uh do you prefer the unattended model? Do you think that that's like your your sort of wheelhouse, unattended laundromats? Do you think you'd ever get one that that's attended, fully attended? I'm still up in the air on that. Um, I like the attended one. The reason being is someone's there to not just be there and to clean, but interact with the customers and make them feel welcomed. Um, I like that um, that salesman, so to speak, approach on unattended. Um, you don't have employees, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that does make it nice. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of up in the air. I'm, I I I won't say they swing either way. To be honest with you, you know, um, I think they both have their benefits and they both have their, you know, their negatives. But with the unattended, I think uh, the the biggest uh, focus is just to be there and make sure you know you give it a little bit more to make sure that uh, everything's clean and you know. Um, soap trays are opened up, doors are open to vent, things like that. So maybe a little bit, a little bit more work, definitely. But for yeah. yeah, I I would definitely say sort of the same thing. And you know, I've I have both uh, fully <laughs> attended and unattended. And by far, even though my fully attended is in a much rougher neighborhood, by far I have more problems in my unattended <laughs> laundromat. But like you said, yeah. You know, yeah. your biggest expense or at least one of your biggest expenses is going to be labor if you've got somebody there fully attended. Yeah, so absolutely. That give and take. That or calling in sick or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. All, all that to deal with. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, are you, 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 let me rephrase. Are you doing wash, dry, fold in your current laundromats? I am not. Okay. Not as, as yet. The plan was to get them up looking pretty and then go from there. Um, so I, I, I think if I'm going to offer a, uh, um, a service like that, it has to look the part, Yeah, you know, has to look like, you know, you, you trust us with your, your clothing and everything clean and, you know, so that is something that is on my mind, but I'm not sure if I have a lot of space for that, um, to add a, you know, a desk and things like that. That's why I, I'm gearing more towards the uh, pickup and delivery. So I just bring it back and you know, get the lottery done myself and, you know, uh, an employee. So, yeah. So is that is in the game plan to add that or. Yeah. 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 We're, we're actually in a process right now of the pickup and delivery. So, uh, okay. we do a little bit here and there. We haven't launched it at all, but you know, this time we're going to go with a whole app, branded app, things like that and, and, uh, see how that plays out. And, you know, obviously I have my whole agenda of who I'm going to target and things like that. So, um, I still have the old med school, old school mentality, pen to paper type, you know, and, but I, I figure with how everything's going and the, uh, resources that are out there, 
I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens and hopefully we're successful at it. So, yeah, well, in, you know, in, in today's, and you know, maybe I'm even guilty of pushing this a little, maybe too much, but you know, in today's world, we're very, you know, heavily focused on the technology and the leverage and all that stuff, which I think is good. And, you know, having the branded app and all that stuff is great. Um, but there's also just something to be said, especially when you're just getting started about, you know, pen to paper about, uh, you know, meeting face to face with people about showing up at the schools or the, you know, whatever. And, and just saying, Hey, the service is available, uh, for you and, and kind of being a little more old school and doing the stuff that doesn't scale until you can get to the point where, you know, you can use the things that, that do scale. Uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that that, and maybe, like I said, maybe I'm even guilty of pushing that a little too much, but I, I do think that there's something to be said, especially when you're getting started for doing the things that don't scale, um, until you get to the the point where you're scaling. Um, agreed. Yes. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, so you think you're going to start with the pickup and delivery and then add the drop off later? Yes, definitely. The pickup delivery is, uh, the wheels are in motion. Um, so once that's up and going, we'll, 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 you know, play it by ear, so to speak and see how everything is, uh, you know, going. And then, uh, if, yeah, if it goes well, like I'm, I'm thinking it will, then, uh, yeah, possibly do, uh, some drop off. But again, uh, the only thing I might run into is the lack of space. Yeah. Um, cause the North area, which I think would be more profitable and, uh, you know, where people use it, that service more. I have no space for it. So that's kind of, yeah. So it's kind of where I'm, I'm stuck there. If, if we do it, it's going to have to be a self location and just see if it makes sense, really put some thought into it. But yeah. the pickup and delivery, obviously you can go, you know, we have Chattanooga right here, nice big city. It's uh, that's where the opportunity is going to be to, to get this thing going. So. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like it. Oh, and that's, you know, cause that's the reason I was asking is, you know, some people who want to get into drop off or want to start that or pick up and delivery the question becomes well how do i do that because either i gotta you know if i'm starting with the drop off either i gotta sit there myself hoping people come and drop laundry off or i've got to be in the red a little bit if i if i have an unattended mat right i've got to be in the red a little bit until i can scale that business up because i got to have somebody there to accept the drop off or locker system or something um some way of getting that started so that's why i was curious at how you were planning on starting that thing uh from the get-go do you think you'll you'll drive and and process laundry early on yeah yeah Yeah, definitely you know um we're like you said we're already doing uh a few here and there and uh well weekly nothing big to you know or anything like that but um yeah that that was a good point you made too it was like uh that's why i did the pickup delivery also is because you know the unknown of are people going to drop off their laundry? Cause we have, a, we got to do some marketing now. We got to build this up before that's probably going to happen. And I'm paying someone to, to sit there essentially. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, uh, we, you know, aspect you have to look at for sure. Yeah. I love that. And I remember, uh, Daniel Logan was on the a podcast a while, I don't remember what number, but a while back. And one of the things that he said that kind of stuck with me is like, uh, you know, he said, you know, I, I consider my role to, to stand in the gap, right? To, to be the driver, be the laundry processor until it gets to a point where I can hire somebody. And then when I can hire somebody to process laundry, I'm going to stand in the gap for the driving role until 
I can scale enough to hire a driver and then I don't, then I can start the process of removing myself from the day-to-day business if that's what I want to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to fill those roles. And again, we're very like, you know, over, overly like excited about passive, make it as passive as possible. And while there's a Ah. case to be made for that and you can lean it towards, it's never going to be passive, but you can lean it towards the passive side if you want to. Uh, However, uh, you know, the, the more active you are, if you're, if you're active in the right activities, uh, the more potential for profit, uh, you are. And I would probably argue the more potential to make it even more passive down the line, uh, if you're building, you know, that foundation out and building the structure out yep. as you go. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, are, are your stores coin stores? I would assume probably they are. Yes. Yeah. Both of them are coin stores. Um, I'd like to go to high red one of these times, you know, cause we're getting to the point, uh, where we could, we could do that. But, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really get a whole lot of, why don't you have credit cards or anything like that? Right. So I'm fortunate for that because we all know, you know, that's uh that's a good chunk of change right there to get that going, you know? Um, so all coins right now. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then last question I got for, for down to businesses, um, how many hours do you think you're working uh, a week in, in the business? Well, and that's what you build up for. I mean, you could be there all day long, but uh, I typically, um, I'm about four hours a day. Okay. You know, I, I typically I have a schedule. I'll go on at about 10 o'clock and then I'll finish up about, you know, 2, 2.30. Um, but it wasn't that way, you know, when you first, when I first got, you know, these two or even, you know, back in Michigan. Uh, once you're up on top, I always say like, once you get, everything under control, you're on that wave and you can surf that wave, you know, under control, you're good. Once you start pull that, you know, your foot off that pedal, that's what they start to break in or getting dirty. Now you just created twice the amount of work that you could have easily done. So, um, I'm at that point where I can, you know, work for four hours a day or whatnot. And so that was the whole reason I got in this industry. I saw that like, and I want to be 62 and you know, that's when you're able to enjoy yourself, get your time off this net, just work your butt off for a little bit, get on top of that wave and, uh, you know, maintain. Yeah. So hit maintenance mode, go for it. Yeah, yeah man. I like that. And I, I think that's what's so appealing about this business, right? Is like, you're, you're essentially yeah. working full time and what working full time for you looks like is four hours a day ish, you know, and some days. Right. You're going to have pipes that break and you're going to be working more oh, yeah. than four hours. Right. And some days yeah. you probably can get away with working less than four hours. Um, but you know, even still, you know, owning a couple laundromats, working four hours a day and you've got the rest of that time freedom. And that's what it's all about. Right. And you know, while working four hours a day is not passive and fixing pipes in the middle of the night is not passive, but I would argue it's a lot more passive than most people are doing where they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, uh, you know, to make their living. So, uh, still that time freedom, even in, even in a scenario where you're, you know, you're pretty hands-on, uh, laundromat owner, you know, and, and still it's a, it's a fairly passive business, even as a hands-on owner, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that's not what we think about when we think of passive, but I think of that time freedom, uh, that you got there. Um, and you, all you, you also have that flexibility to go in whenever you want. I'm sure, uh, aside from if an order comes in, uh, for pick yep. and delivery, maybe. Yep. Um, awesome. 
Well, dude, thank you for sharing all that stuff about your business. That's that's huge. And and the reason I that's asked cool. a lot of those questions and I ask a lot of those questions in general is because a lot of these questions are questions I get from newbies. So I know that that's uh, hugely helpful. So I appreciate you sharing uh, just yeah. candidly about that stuff. Um, we got another segment called Secret Sauce. And that is what's what's your best tip for other owners or maybe something that's working in your business uh, right now that you think other uh, other owners could implement or could do, uh, to help them, you know, level up their business to the next level. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is obviously is just keeping a, just a clean facility, you know, I mean, uh, welcoming, um, you know, if there's anything you want to add to your business, like we talked about earlier, it depends on uh, if you do a pickup and delivery or drop off or what the case may be, but, um, the foundation, you know, schools, you know, um, they have budgets, get in, get with them early you know, in the year before the year starts and do some of these sporting uniforms, things like that, you know, open up a sports division, so to speak. Right. Um, but, uh, just outside, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit, you know, and that's worked well for me and, uh, I'll, that's my go-to, you know, it's definitely schools and the community and things like that. So, yeah. And this, I mean, this is a community business, right? Like whether you're an unattended sure. self-serve laundromat or you've got service side, like, we're there to serve the community. So I like that. And I like, uh, you know, I like the thinking outside the box a little bit. Sounds like that's sort of one of your superpowers, actually. Like, you know, you, you've mentioned multiple things in multiple different businesses where you're like, yeah, I'm thinking outside the box, you know, whether it's in your bike shop or that's in your ATM business or laundromats or, you know, even just, you know, your Airbnb stuff, like you're, you know, you're, you're thinking out relocating to, to Tennessee to, to own businesses. Yeah. Like you're thinking outside the box. I love that. I do think that's a superpower. Keep Absolutely. That that's Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're basically a superhero. Uh, all right. We got another segment called pro tips and that is, you know, what's your best piece of advice for somebody who's trying to buy their first laundromat? Oh, I would say don't, uh, Listen to everyone on these Facebook forums, first off. <laughs> um, you can't get a good judge or reading on what's right, what's wrong. Um, you know, I would say, spend some, if, if you find a location that you're looking for, spend some time with them. Not only are you going to learn about the, uh, you know, uh, the traffic and about the business uh, somewhat, um, the, the seller is also going to know that you're definitely, you know, you're in it to win it. Um, you know, it just pick the brains of different people that you see. If you, if you are on Facebook, look at who's posting the most, who, who makes the most sense, gives a, a knowledgeable response, not just a, uh, Hey, I'm looking at my first laundry mat. What's a word of advice? Don't do it. You know, things like that. Right. Yeah. You know, get with someone that you can really connect with and, uh, you know, do your homework, but I'll tell you, you can do as much homework as you possibly can. Um, but the real learning comes when you own one. I mean, it's just there's so much more once you're inside those walls um, that you cannot learn online. So, well, and that's sort of like a interesting bookend uh, here because in the beginning of the of the podcast interview, you were talking about, hey, I you know I I talked with Bill and you know I did all this stuff and I you know I Get renovated out. the place when I took over and yada 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 and then things started breaking and then the real learning started. That's like what you said. Right. And now you're on the back end saying, Hey, look, you can do a lot of research, uh, and, and learn a lot. You can learn a ton, but listen to the you podcast, can. you can learn a ton on the forums. You do need to be careful about 
who you're listening to and it's hard to know yeah. who's giving you advice and if you should take it uh sometimes on those on those things sometimes the loudest people uh in forums and in facebook groups are not necessarily people you want to take advice from uh, correct you know but it's hard to know that uh but yeah, it is. you can only learn so much from a podcast you can only learn so much from a youtube video from a book from yeah. a facebook posts uh, that, that real learning happens by, by doing, and you can learn a lot more. I like yeah. that. Well, you know, and the other thing too is, uh, you know, have some confidence, you know, if you think you've done your homework, you're, you're going to be going into a confident and you, you can't beat that, you know? So you can, you can pick away at the numbers and this, that, and the other, you know, you also have to bring something to the table. A lot of people want to get in this business that I see. It's like, they want it just perfect right there. Yep. That's good. That's not how it works, you know, in any business. So yeah. you've got to see, you got to see something, a vision of it getting better. Like maybe it doesn't make exactly what you want to, you know, it to make or whatnot, but it still makes sense. Well, it's your job to get in there and, and make it to your liking, you know, and, and work and bring something uh, new to the table. So don't be hesitant on it. You know, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a great, great business, obviously, you know, um, but, uh, so be confident, do your due diligence and you know, you, you shouldn't be good to go. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm I want to say it was Tom Donnelly in a previous podcast episode who one thing, I mean, one thing that stuck with me with what he said was he said, I give myself three months to do all my research and due diligence. And then I either act on it or I decide intentionally not to act on it. And that's like, that's that, right. Cause we can get stuck in that yeah. learning and it can be, you know, I, I have a lot of people who are like, man, I, I went back and I listened to every single one of your podcast episodes and I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Every single podcast episode at the end, I say, go take some action on something, go do something. Why don't you own a laundromat yet? <laughs> right? Like, or, or why haven't you talked to an owner yet? Or why haven't you talked to brokers yet? Like go talk yeah. to somebody and, uh, you know, give yourself some time to do the research and get a baseline foundational knowledge, but then you've got to go out and do it. And where I see learning really accelerate is get that baseline knowledge, go out there and find your laundromat, go out there and get it. And like you said, the learning happens when you're in there, but you can really accelerate that learning. If you stay engaged in the forums, in the communities, in you know, yeah. Facebook groups, in the podcasts, and you're, you're learning and doing at the same time, that's where that learning synergy can come and you can really grow fast that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where you're going to do a lot of real learning. So I love that. Uh, love that secret sauce. Uh, dude, Brian, this is this has been incredible. Uh, first of all, thank you for sharing your story, uh, which is, uh, it's just really, I'm always interested to see how people get into this business. And not only do you have like an interesting route into this business through bike shops and vending and ATMs, you know, or, or the vending service, right? And, and yeah. ATMs and kind of interesting route there. But then you... Once you got in the industry, you have an interesting route of how you, you know, <laughs> kind of moved and relocated for, for new locations, which is pretty uh, interesting. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, but dude, so much good practical wisdom and knowledge uh, in here, which is awesome. I have a feeling you've got more to more to share. So we're going to have to figure out ways to, to help you, you know, share more of that. Um, one thing that we can do right now is if people are interested in, talking with you more. I mean, you talked a lot about networking and stuff. You got a, a 
putting you on the spot now. You got to put your money where your mouth is. So if people want to sure. network with you, uh, have questions with you, or just want to connect with you, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd definitely take that on. That's uh, that's what this is all about: is networking and uh, you know just uh, learning. You're still learning too, so uh, you know any advice I can get or give or get, I love it. What's up? Yeah, the yeah, best way to reach me would be uh, email. It's uh, glcwash at gmail. And uh, I'm very responsive. If anyone has any questions or whatnot, um, yeah, get a hold of me. That, that'd be great. So it's a, it's a big, small community for sure. Yeah, 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 totally. And I, I mean, I love the mindset you're coming in with of like, hey, I've got I've got some, some knowledge to give. I've got some experience to share. Uh, but I'm also learning like, listen, I, I've been in the industry a decade. I've gone through the ringer. I've been in the walls. I've learned a lot of expensive lessons, but I'm learning every day. Like I've learned stuff, but, you know, just here on this podcast. It's a big part of why I started the podcast. Cause I'm like, I'm still yeah, learning, awesome. you know, and there's a lot to learn. Um, and you can, you can learn for your whole life and never learn everything there is to learn. So oh, say you're uh, about. love that mindset. And so, you know, make sure you're reaching out to Brian here and, uh, and connecting up and, and if not to Brian specifically, Listen, I think the community thing, I mean, you really drove it home uh, here with your you know, your relationship with Bill and then how you reached out, uh, you know, looking for that for that next opportunity and how that sort of led you to other opportunities. And, and you know, you really demonstrated uh, the power of building that network and stuff. So make sure you're connecting with each other. That's why, you know, a, a big part of the reason why I started Laundromat Resource and the podcast and the community and all that stuff. and uh, and it's a huge part of, you know, why, you know, we're trying to do more local meetups and stuff like that, because there's just power in getting together. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, Brian, man, case in point right here. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing all that stuff and taking the time, uh, away from your, you know, exhausting four hour, uh, work day. But seriously, uh, after that exhausting night, uh, that you had yeah. last night, I appreciate you double taking the time to share with us. Oh man, we, I appreciate it. This is definitely helpful and, uh, just awesome to see that, uh, you, your podcast and your know, wife's into it. She just thinks it's awesome to listen to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good. And that's kind of like, that's where the business is going. You know, I mean, getting some, uh, you know, sharp guys like yourself in here and really changing the landscape of what uh, a laundromat is, you know, known for. Yeah. I appreciate that. The only sharp thing I've done is get other sharp people like you on the podcast hey, and share the stuff. So <laughs> but everyone needs a general and we should, uh, we should get our wives together. Cause my wife hates listening to me. So maybe your wife no. can talk to my wife and right. you know what I mean? <laughs> but awesome, man. Appreciate you coming on again. And, uh, dude, we got to stay in touch. We got to keep doing some stuff together. Cause, uh, I think you're rad and you got some cool stuff going on and, uh, yeah, man. Appreciate you. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Thank you again. Awesome. Love that interview with Brian. Such a good dude doing awesome stuff. Can't wait to hear more about what he's got going on down the line here. Uh, hope you got something good out of that. Remember, take one thing, put it into action this week. That is your homework. That is your task uh, to accomplish this week. Put something into action. That's going to help you get your goals. And we'll see you next week. Peace.